morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the premiere of the second season of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. We've made it this far. Thank you very much for listening to the first season, but we are now going to be bringing in a whole new season of new content, new shits and giggles, but the same old personalities. I'm Will, one of your co-hosts, and I have Jason with me. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, technically, even though this is season two, the first episode of season two, we're still calling it episode 13, though, right? Yeah, it's not going to be like season two, episode one. We're just, it's oh, just that's going to be, be so confusing yeah. if we do that. I think like our podcast hosting website's going to be a little bit like, what are you guys doing? Like, we, we can't handle this. This is getting a little too complicated now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm doing okay, I guess. I think, I really think that the rain these days have been really affecting just my general energy level and my mood. I also think that around the world, a lot of flooding happened, and that's pretty unfortunate. And It's I not hope, a very happy time. I hope everyone who was affected are doing okay and, you know, like, just hang in there, I guess. Yeah, let's um, let's try and brighten things up, shall we? Yeah, Will, how's work? It's been uh, it's been it's been great. Yeah, what's going on, buddy? I know that you know it's 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 been rain, it's been terrible, and all that, but we gotta you know spruce things up a bit, right? Dude, the Olympics just started, right? The Olympic ceremony. Kicked oh yeah, off actually, last night. actually, I received news this morning that uh the sh- uh Chinese shooter won the first gold medal of the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, I think things have been going uh, pretty swimmingly so far. I, w- I watched the opening ceremony. It was pretty Ex- cool. Except that there was a COVID case, like co- tons of COVID cases. Tons of them. But I mean, at the same time, like, what did you expect? Okay, let's not get into the politics of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah. Tra- don't, don't don't travel. Stay home. D- listen, listen to anime podcasts. Listen to us. Um, so we're going to kick off the second season of the Get Anime Palette podcast uh, with some updates in terms of news, in terms of announcements, uh, and not to mention because the way that we have this season timed out, it actually fits in perfectly with the premiere of the summer 2021 catalog. So there's going to be a bunch of new shows that came out. Some of them have already been running for the past two, three weeks. Some of them will be premiering in the next week or two. Um, some we don't have advanced screening, so um, unfortunately we can't. You know, just fast forward one week and in, 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 into the future to watch certain shows. Uh, we don't have that luxury of, like you said, right? Getting advanced screenings. Uh, we're just you know regular human beings just trying to enjoy some anime. And the past couple of episodes, we actually had uh, we avoided a bunch of news, and a bunch of news, therefore, has been waiting for us to talk about it and discuss it. So. There will be a huge news section, and our main discussion topic, as Will mentioned, is about our summer 2021 anime season premieres, and we'll go over not all of the shows, but we'll go over, I think we counted 15 shows. Yeah, I think what we wanted to ideally do was go over the shows and give people an idea of what to check out, what to skip. But what you shouldn't check out, to be honest, is the Wonder Egg priority finale, because... Dude, we we started off with like mad depression in the beginning, and now we're gonna go straight to the news. And the first thing you want to talk about is the Wonder Egg priority yeah, because, finale because just, that's the thing that we talk about before news. Out with the old first and in with the new. This is this is like beat this dead horse one more time. So Wonder Egg priority at the end of season one, short after, announced a one hour special and. Will and I have talked about that news on the podcast, and we're immensely excited at the time. 
Then when the special aired, the reception to it was, for lack of better term, terrible. And then we, Will and I, had this thing where it's like, there's just no way it could be that bad. These are just like the haters, the trolls, or whatever. And uh, we didn't watch it right away because we just had a bunch of things that we had to do like in real life. Yeah, not to mention we were preparing for a couple of um, different episodes, right, in terms of doing research, in terms of putting together, I mean, you know, writing up the, the season finale of season one. So, you know, we just needed to give ourselves enough time to watch, digest, and then comprehend what we had just watched. Or finish off some of the animes that we would talk about during the finale, so our season one finale. So then we didn't go to the Wonder Egg Priority season, uh, finale special until way later. And uh, Yeah, but enough about delaying the, the harsh truth. It's bad. It's so... Oh, my God. It's so bad. Okay, so the way that it worked out was it was a 45 to 50-minute special, technically over one hour of runtime. Yeah, if you include, like, commercials, yeah. And the first half of it was a recap. So recapping the first 12 episodes of Wonder Egg Priority, which, okay, one, like, recap episodes tend to be, like, well, we've already watched this, blah, blah, blah. But it was actually really well done. I, was, have, yeah. I have to say that the recap was better than the original content for the special. It reminded us of what made the show so like wonderful. It was just wild. The way they cut like each episode together and re- like brought back some of the characters that we had watched was great. And then the recap ended, and that's when the nightmare began. Okay, well, to be fair, the nightmare didn't start as a nightmare it was great in the beginning because we were hyped right and then slowly 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 we were like it's gonna happen right something's gonna happen and then it just ended and we thought this is just like some sort of like april fools they're just gonna be like there's gonna be like you know those little special credits at the end right no it's just all the girls you know no no no, no, yeah yeah, yeah. like and then that's it they they show up one more time goodbye what 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 was that? Uh, okay, so there is a possibility that in in the future, however much from now, this will be rectified in some degree. And I'm being very cryptic because if you watch the f- special, you will understand what I'm trying to say. If you haven't, we will not spoil it other than to say, please don't watch it. And just accept the fact that season one ended the way it did. The issue with that, though, is episode 12, like, did it end on the cliffhanger? The biggest cliffhanger. So, like, if that's how you wanted to end it, like, you kind of want to have some resolution, right? You want to... There was no resolution for the uh, the finale special. Yeah. It's weird. I think, like, if you had just watched the 12 regular episodes and left off on the cliffhanger... That's probably the best way to consume Wonder Egg as opposed to also watching the finale and be utterly disappointed. So I don't think the listeners have to hear us will talk about bashing Wonder Egg priority more. No, we don't have to talk about that disappointing crap anymore. We talk about what was not disappointing. So our first news story, now we're in the news section is about the Chainsaw Man teaser. Bruh, that was, it was dope. It was so goddamn good. I mean, of course, like, we knew that this is, like, going to take a while to come out. They had, like, announced this, like, months, almost, like, a year ago. And then Map, we knew Mappa was doing it. And everyone was just wondering, 
bro, like, MAPPA's balancing out so many shows right now. Like, Yeah, it's funny because I think we talked about this in a bits and pieces that we will release soon. I think, actually, not the upcoming week, but the week after that. And uh, I think we're just going to harp on the same things, which was, it was really good. Uh, yes, a lot of the scenes were pre-animated, made specifically for the trailer, but in my opinion, the tone isn't going to change. Obviously, the staff isn't going to change. The look of it isn't going to change that much. And what I saw was was pretty brilliant. I also think that the VAs haven't been announced yet, right? So we also don't know if it's one cur or two. And I don't think that they actually had a release date, like firmly in place. It's probably going to be sometime late in 2022. Yeah, 2022. Cause, There's no ways in 2021. According to the release schedule for MAPPA, uh, part two of the final season of AOT will be coming out before Chainsaw Man. So, or who knows? It could be, it come before or after because they haven't confirmed it date yet. But it's just insane to me that like this is the kind of release schedule that MAPPA have. I They're probably a huge studio. They probably are one of the biggest studios, but Jesus. like Yeah. So... You should watch the teaser trailer and get hyped because I think it is probably going to be one of the shows of the year for that year, or at least definitely in the discussion. I think like MAPPA themselves, I mean, like we've heard news of like, you know, certain studios having like, you know, terrible working conditions or just like, you know, just loads of projects coming up and not being able to meet demands. And MAPPA is no, also has its fair share of that too. So like, MAPPA announced that they were going to be doing the adaptation at the end of last year. So like December, like mid-December of 2020. And since that time, uh, they have released the first part of the final season of Attack on Titan. They released Zombieland Saga Revenge. They released Remain. They released the Ida 10 Deities Only No Peace, Attacked uh, Operation Destiny. And then afterwards, we'll also release the final season, part two of Attack on Titan. That same year, in 2020, they did Dora Hedero, God of High School, Jujutsu Kaisen, Gymnastic Samurai, Mr. Love, Queen's Choice. Like, there was a lot. I'm sure it's not all just MAPPA. There's going to be like some offshore or like third party like companies that are working out with them. I just hope that they are able to maintain the ship they're able to continue to, to put up good quality because let's be real. A lot of the shows that I've come, I've come up with really high quality, but it's also a lot of work. I mean, it's shades of madhouse, right? Yeah. That's I, I sometimes it's like, it's, it's possible. It's always possible to have too much of a good thing. And the fact that like map has been putting out so much good quality stuff recently that you just hope that the cracks don't show. Someone just snaps and all of a sudden production just starts like reeling down. So let's see how it goes. But at least from the teaser trailer for Chainsaw Man, it looks phenomenal. All right. uh, Our next bit of news is about Uma Musume. So we thought we were done with Uma Musume. No, we're never done. We're never going to be done. With their originally uh, a couple episodes ago, I think episode 11, uh, we set a news story where the season two blu-ray disc the first blu-ray disc volume one of season two broke records for the the all-time sales debut of a tv anime single disc well we have some news for you the season two second blu-ray disc sales exceeded the first volume so now that is the all-time sales 
uh, number one king. It crushed it by almost 50%. Like, yep. it went from 112,000 to 150,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> Look, we know that physical media, like, there are going to be people that care about it, that would be willing to put the money into it, but 150,000 copies of Blu-ray for Horse Derby... Horse girl derby. If if it isn't a bad like, clear enough, like I think we have to watch it now. Yeah, right? anime is weird, but you know we're we're in you and will you and I are in this together, so we have to we have to know right. We I absolutely have to know what the fuck is up with horse girl but derby. What, but what we probably won't know is that the Uma Musume game reached over nine million downloads. I'm not sure if it's region locked. I know that like sometimes these games are like either specific to Japan, some of them specific to Asia, some of them are open globally, but still nine nine million downloads is fast. It's it's that's a lot of people playing an Umusume game. I'm telling you, Will, we need to do a Monster Girl episode. I've been harping on this for a while. It must be huge in Japan, right? Umusume. Uh yes. I have a friend who currently works in Japan and he attests that it's everywhere. All right. Well, okay. Fine. That's it. Like, JP is on the Uma Musume train, or yeah, we're 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 down for Horse Girl Derby. So, <laughs> should we move on to the next bit of news? Okay. So this is this is going to be a bit weird. Okay. There is an anime which is based on a manga called Kagegurui. Yep. Will and I have talked about it multiple times. It featured heavily in our uh, awards episode. That's correct. It's my favorite backlog. Uh, anime that I watched in the past six months. Now, one of the writers for Kagegurui, his name is Kawamoto uh, Homura or Homura Kawamoto, he has a bit of an issue. To cut the long story short, he had an he wrote an Isekai Revenge manga. And then it got cancelled after one chapter. And then he launched another new manga right afterwards. So in succession. So this Isekai Revenge manga caught a lot of flack because they, uh, how do I put it? It plagiarized the crap. Or at least many people say it plagiarized the crap out of a lot of Isekais. I think that the familiarity the resemblance is very striking. It's very obvious. But I don't know. It's like this weird gray area. So the uh, the Isekai Revenge manga, the plot synopsis is basically there is some person who's like, I guess his or her destiny is to murder all these Isekai protagonists. So then all the Isekai protagonists basically congregate together and try to figure something out. Hence the Isekai revenge manga. Now, there is a very, very, um, like, what would you say? Like, very, very uh, referenced screenshot of the manga. And I have it in front of me, and Will's, I'm probably looking at it too. And it's a bunch of characters sitting at, like, a long, like, discussion conference table. And then they show each character and their name. And the internet being the awesome internet that, that it is, then underneath that, put uh, the pictures of the isekai 
uh, villains, uh, like what resemblance their looks. So, for example, there is a ReZero guy. There is the villainous Isekai guy. There is the Tanya equivalent. There is the slime equivalent. There is the Overlord equivalent, and it looks very spot on, right? Will would you say so? Well, I mean, some of them don't look exactly the same. I mean, like you wouldn't say the slime character looks exactly the same as you know the character to referencing but generally like the profiles the characteristics the attributes and yes some of them are pretty much the same. i mean the overlord one is you you can't really make that up or or the restaurant isekai one that one is pretty or the the sort out online one that one is i don't know like on one hand i think it's like a parody right but on the other hand it's like they paint all these protagonists in other properties as villains is not a good look for a lot of series creators who put a lot of time and effort in establishing their property. Hey, man. I mean, what? It's just as Oscar Wilde said, right? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Except the Japanese people didn't quite like it. Yeah. So, So it got canceled. And then in response, he launched a new manga. And uh, I guess that's it. It, but it caused like this huge stir for like two three days. I I mean personally for me like I wouldn't have cared so much. But at the same time I didn't create any of those manga. I didn't create any of those series. Therefore I wouldn't really know how bad this kind of parody would affect me. I, I guess if if I was to work on something and then someone kind of trashed it with the parody, I probably would feel one way or another about it. I think one of them actually kind of had like direct confrontation not like in person but like twitter confrontation oh, with twitter wars nice so i don't know anyways so that's that you can check out the image online just google image search and you'll find it yeah that's pretty much in the that's it for today really for the world of weird news no well, no okay well i mean what else is is weird so first off uh in the past several months there was a lot of english manga adapt. Uh, licensing announcements we won't bore you with every single one because there is an immense amount there's a lot but i will tell you some that i think are highlights i think one of them that is a harem comedy is called the 100 girlfriends who really 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 love you five times good yeah yeah it and that is actually the title and it's about uh this guy trying to date a hundred girls at the same time and to not cause the world to end it's kind of weird, but hey, this is anime, whatever. I mean, it's a harem comedy. What else did you expect from it? I also heard that it sounds like uh, the reception is positive at the very least. I mean, it sounds like it's hot trash, but the good t- the good kind. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll be good. So when's when's it coming out? Uh, it is coming out in February 2022, not, the first volume. Not not too long, eight months. Yeah, a lot of these announcements are 2022. So. Tatami Galaxy. Oh, those are, the, the, the terrifying thing is that we're actually very close to 2022. We're already, we're already halfway through the year. Yes, we are, Will. Fuck. Man. Okay. Well, all right. Well, on to the next thing that I... Oh, really, so I'm the 100 Girlfriends is licensed by Seven Seas Entertainment, which also... Um, Tatami Galaxy, Will's favorite anime of all time. Uh, Hyper Via? Have yeah. you heard of them? No. I, I don't care who they are. I'm, Anyways, I'm, glad, I'm glad that they're finally releasing an English translation of the original Campus novel, along with its uh, sequel. 
So it, they're both to be projected coming out in 2022. I think the sequel one is going to be coming out in 2023. I think that the other movie, which is you know um, not a short Walk On Girl, uh, that one has already been adapted, uh, and also you know the fact that the movie came out too. I'm pretty happy that uh, they're finally doing the rest of the series. So you know we, we already know about how Tatami Galaxy is my favorite. I actually, yeah, de facto favorite anime of all time. I think it's going to be pretty hard to unseat it. Uh, and then that they're also doing a translation of the sequel novel called Tommy Time Machine Blues. So it's based off of uh, a stage play um, by Makoto Ueda, uh, also called Summer Time Machine Blues. Uh, the movie, this this novel is set 16 years after the original novel. Now, I haven't read it because I can't really read kanji. I can read hiragana and katagana, but that won't really make much sense to me. It'll just be sounds, and I don't really translate it into meaning. So I'm going to wait for the English to officially come out and then see if I enjoy it. I won't I won't read it for another two years, though. But, hey, the, the wait's worth it, I think. So there is uh, another Netflix series that debuted in 2020, was it? Yeah, it was at the end of last year. Alice in Borderland, right? Alice in Borderland, which is the Netflix Japanese live-action show. And Viz Media has announced that they will finally release the English translation, or licensing the English translation of the manga. And Volume 1 will be released in spring of 2022. Then comes the weird one. So Will and I really like Junji Ito, as you can tell. here in episode 8 of our season 1 podcast where we talk about horror. And Uzumaki is one of uh, Jinji Ito's most famous work. So, you might think, "Oh, okay, it's just a um they're just re like remastering it or, you know, an omnibus, right?" No, because <laughs> Viz Media has announced that in spring of 2022, there will be an Uzumaki coloring book. I'm so stoked for that, actually. I would buy that shit no problem. I don't know what to say about that. I think that's I think that's both, like, what the fuck? And also, like, yeah, what the fuck, man? It's, it's genius. I w- <sighs> but here's the thing. Would you, would, would you actually color it, or would you keep it as, as, as it is? Like minted condition. Yeah, minted condition. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put a single like coloring. I'll probably buy two copies then. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll buy two copies. I think. I think one of the because the thing is right. Like yes, you have seen like some of the colored covers of Uzumaki. I actually haven't seen any uh, colored versions of Uzumaki since it's all black and white in manga. So it'd be really interesting to see how it looks if you were to color it yourself. Yeah, they did have that. You know that 15 second trailer. Um, of the movie of, of, of the anime that's coming out sometime next year or whenever the hell it's going to come out if it doesn't get delayed again um, yeah I'm I'm actually very stoked for this weird but also very cool so that is the end of our English manga licensing announcements but there is an hor- like there is a lot there is a lot that some of them this is what happens when we skip on one week of news Literally, it was one week of news, and everything's just piling up, and now it's like, oh, boy. We'll see. I mean, there's also a lot of series that I'm actually looking forward to that either we crossed out before recording, or I just didn't bother to mention it on the docket because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to tell everybody our planning out process for how we put together these episodes. We can just roll out the news. 
We don't have to be so meticulous, buddy. Okay, we uh, we memorized everything, and uh, we're, we're we're just that good. We just we know. Have, what's break, it called break, eclectic? Is it exactly? For example, you know, let's be the news. Kickstarter. <laughs> if you say nice segue, I will punch the living shit out of you. You said that in the previous episodes, and don't put this on me. Anyways, we're gonna talk about some other updates. Um, so we've backed stuff on Kickstarter before, specifically, you know, we've done some. Uh, some anime stuff, some board games, some books, and all that. Um, I kick, I mean, we kickstarted the girl on the other side, which we're very anime adaptation about. by Wit Studio, which very excited about, and is a legit crowdfunding campaign Leg- as well. That means Wit Studio actually crowdfunding it, so it's perfectly legit. But what happens when something is probably too good to be true, probably not legit, but at the same time got a boatload of money what do you do it's kind of sus right it's like hey 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 this is too good to be true let's shut this down so this story actually has multiple levels let's 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 start chronologically let's break this down start from the beginning there was a kickstarter project or a kickstarter crowdfunding campaign i guess is the technical term for a service called anime tube and what they claim that they could do is they would offer free services of streaming of all your favorite anime and they listed like they listed like a lot of anime and i think now that's been taken down on their kickstarter page actually spoiler alert the whole project got suspended but at the time all the announcements that they made that they claimed to have licenses for got removed so that's already like the first thing that was suspect like suspect then they said that they're in talks with a lot of anime licensors. Then you have some of actually people who hold the license say, hey, you, we didn't talk. What are you talking about? And then they, uh, the anime tube uh, company retorted by saying, oh, yeah, we, we essentially DM'd you. We contact you on LinkedIn or on Twitter or whatever. And I and I was I was reading this and I was like, that's what you mean by in talks. Okay. So even that, that's not like crazy. Like that's already crazy. And then everyone I was like, all these licensors, all these licenses of these animes are kind of some of them are exclusives. Some of them are like Shonen Jump are already on like I like how could you spend gobs and gobs of money to get licenses they're like i i I don't know i'm not a licensor or licensee but they're definitely very expensive yeah so of course it's just one of those too too good to be true there must be some sort of scam involved there must just be some real shady shit going down right even like the the founder of faku um jacob grady he came out and said yeah i've i've come up to uh, across these people before this is like a complete scam like just don't put any money into this whatsoever. You're going to lose it. Like, and once this news broke it out and the Kickstarter kicked them off, suspended the whole project, um, the people behind AnimeTube actually reached out to Anime News Network, the people who brokered the news, and to ask them to take down the link, which would show the images of their public records, which has a registered address. Basically, there's there's definitely some real shady shit. If they've come back are trying to do damage control now, they've been found out, they've been caught red-headed, and now they're trying to do whatever they can to minimize the damage. And this 
Kickstarter campaign was not the first because their first Kickstarter campaign, their goal was fifty thousand U.S. dollars, and it got canceled, suspended by the creators after it reached approximately one hundred and ten thousand U.S. dollars. Then they did a the second campaign, which is the one that we're talking about right now, and a bunch of people don't uh, let's say donate, right? They kickstarted it, but they donated really over a hundred thousand U.S. dollars. I, I don't know, Will. Like, bro. Like, look, I look. I want an anime service where I can watch the anime I want and not go to like four or five different platforms and have four or five different subscriptions. I understand the reality of it is everyone has their own service. Disney Plus has their own service. Hulu has their own service. Netflix has their own service. I mean, Disney is also trying to get into the anime game as well, right? They have a huge subscription base right now. I'm pretty sure that at some point you're going to see some anime get streamed on Disney Plus. But you're telling me that you can get licenses to like, I don't know, Jujutsu Kaisen, for example. I know I don't know if that's what they said that they did because I can't access the project anymore. For a hundred thousand US dollars. And then say like, oh, by the way, there's like thirty or forty more of these awesome shows that you love. And don't worry, we can get it for a hundred K. And I'm like, What's the subscription service? Oh no, it's free. There are subscription services for like premium features, but it's free. Oh, you know, sometimes that's just not how the world works, right? Of course, like convenience, having everything under one roof would be great. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I found it. They include, some of them include Sword Art Online, Full Metal Alchemist, Attack on Titan, and Death Note. And, the Im- and it says here the images were since removed from the Kickstarter page. And I'm just like, okay, forget about. You basically picked the the top four most popular anime series of, of all, all time. time. <laughs> it's like here, take this. Everyone's just like, well, well, first of all, we've already watched these, but second, like you're telling me now that you can get all these under one roof? No, something's up. Something smells fishy here. It's kind of like you wanted to go to like Five Guys and get fries, and you go to Shake Shack to get their burgers, but like you still have to go to two separate places. You can't have them all in one place. That's just how the real world works, and it's the same with these shows. Some of them are going to be licensed by Funimation Crunchyroll. Some of them are going to be on Hulu. Some will be on Netflix. That's just how licensing works. You can't just reach out to these companies and say, you know what? Fuck your licenses. Fuck your agreements. Just use our subscription. Just use us, and we'll put everything together. No, of course not. We already have these agreements in place. This is how business works. When you get industry professionals and anime critics say that this is a scam, chances are not all of them are in cahoots to like scam like all of the all of all of the weaves in the world. Yeah, this is how when you have like new business ventures and startups, like the whole point in these people is that they want to try and disrupt the industry. Do you want to change certain things that they see as faults within this industry that they came from, right? But at least like when you have these kind of disrupting startups, there's infrastructure in place. There's a plan. There there's outreach. There's people who actually advocate the thing you're trying to roll out. This just sounds straight up like a fairy tale and you want believers to just it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, get rich quick. All you need is ten minutes of my time and then you become you you make passive income in no time. It's like Okay, sure. What's your pitch? And then you find out, oh, it's just a crock of shit. So that's it. That is AnimeTube. It is now defunct. At least I think the Kickstarter is definitely defunct. I don't think the company is defunct, but their reputation is probably in the gutter right now. Hopefully. 
I mean, they might make a comeback in a few years' time, but I certainly hope that people wise up now and just don't give these people any money or attention. So Crunchyroll also uh, did some surveys. This is our next news story here. I'm skipping over the one in between because I'll get to that later. But I think this goes into very well with a- the Anime Tube uh, news story, which is, according to Crunchyroll, only 6% of the gener- Gen Zers don't know what anime is. Now, I think I asked, Will, what is technically constitutes a Gen Z person? Gen Z would be someone that was born like in the mid to late 90s and onwards. So, say, for example, you, I think... I think the so, cut, we're, we're Gen Y? The, the, the cutoff point for millennials... We're, we're technically millennials. Okay. The, I think the cutoff point for millennials is 1993, 1994. If you're born like 1995 onwards, so say, for example, if now you're like you know, anywhere from the ages of 24 and below then you're technically Gen Z. So it turns out that 6%, only 6% of this group of people don't know what anime is. Now, to be fair, when they say don't know what anime is, it was actually quite vague, and I couldn't get an exact clarification. As in like, oh, I've heard of the name, or I know what anime is, or I have watched anime, or I watch anime, read manga, and I love it. Yeah, it's it. We don't know like if they really like enjoy anime. If they just say, "Oh, I know about anime," but in like the derogatory way, or like knowing it as more of like a parody, like a joke. It's like, yeah, of course, I know about Dragon Ball Z. But it's like sometimes I think now because like anime has pervade, it, it has now got into the mainstream. You see a lot of memes that are anime based, and then that's probably how a lot of people get their exposure to it. So yeah, the it, it's cool to get those numbers, but it'd be really cool to really try and break down what that 6% means. Too bad we won't know. But this goes to show that uh, similar to what we have been harping on in our episode 5 of season 1 about the proliferation and stigmatization of anime and manga, this industry is only going to get bigger. People are only going to know about it more, and of those people who know about it, a portion of them is definitely going to either watch it, and a portion of them is definitely going to continue watching it till God knows when. So... If anything, the whole point of this is anime and manga industry is growing. It's big, and everyone knows about it. Yeah, on the always, always on the pursuit to watch new things, like this new anime that's come out. Okay, I'll just make this quick. I quite like Konosuba. Konosuba is a fantasy isekai comedy, and they just announced a new anime project. Whether or not this means that it's the fabled season three or a new film, I don't think it's a new film because it says gets new anime. So. Regardless, there's a new Konosuba project in the works, and I think we will hear more about it soon. And then speaking of new, there's also a new movie uh, that came out very, very recently at debut at the Cannes Festivals. Uh, this is uh, Mamoru Hosoda's Bell. So I've been talking about the movie Bell for quite some time. I think quite a while ago I mentioned that, oh, it's, it is Hosoda's uh, new movie. And then it went from the announcement to the trailer to now debuting in the Cannes Film Festival. Now, Mamoru Hosoda is the director and the head of Studio Chizu. He's the director for things like Wolf Children, uh, Summer Wars, uh, the girl, the girl who leapt through time, the first Digimon movie, the first Digimon movie. He is a very, very well-known director, anime director, and I actually love a lot of his work. So when he announced Bell. I was so hyped. I and think it was one of those, when he was doing an interview, he was like, this really is the movie that I've always wanted to make. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So then, so and then he, I'll... He's made some crazy hits too. And this is the one where it's like, no, trust me, this is it. 
And I was like, yeah, okay, that's just you hyping it up. Then it de- debuted at the Cannes Film Festival. Is that, it was just a couple days ago? It was earlier this week or last week? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not really like familiar with Cannes like, is France. Hey, 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 I'm not, I'm not just saying France. I just am not in like the with the film circuit and stuff. We like all that. know that you know it debuted there, and the crowd thought it was très bien, très 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 bien. Yeah, uh, 14 minutes of standing ovation, which meant that it now holds the record in the festival's history of the longest standing ovation, which blows my mind because. Now, you can actually say, according to the Cannes Film Festival, the most outstanding standing ovation is not given to an art house live action film made in Europe. It is a Japanese animated film about online Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. Actually, I'm not even sure what Bell is about. It's literally Beauty and the Beast mixed with. Digimon because they're entering because she because because the main character social media right she she enters a new world and makes friends with a digital being so that's crazy to me then it premiered in Japan and the film opened with eight hundred and ninety million yen that's roughly eight point nine roughly eight point eight million U S dollars which is phenomenal so uh, I really wish that it would premiere in Hong Kong soon so I can watch it. And hopefully it has English subs. Uh, or if it has Chinese subs, whatever. I mean, it has Chinese subs, whatever. But if it has English subs, all the more better. Yeah. So that's amazing. What else is also amazing? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else is amazing, Will? So you you and I both like My Hero Academia, right? Yeah. I, I think My Hero Academia is pretty good. Yeah, it, But in terms of, like, hype, it's it's pretty much up there it's super popular maybe the popularity is kind of waning down a little bit because i, I think the latest season yeah, yeah, yeah. the really latest season great. is not jiving with a lot of people but i would say for the first two three seasons of i think there's five seasons right now yeah. right and i would say i only watched four of the five i would say the first three are guaranteed outstanding. like outstanding but best hype moments best fights season four was okay it had it had, it had moments season five i haven't touched I haven't touched season five either. Okay, so it's about, obviously, a superhero high school. There is one particular superhero. There is one particular superhero in this uh, class of high schools. It's not Deku, which is the main character. It's not Todoroki. It's not Todoroki, Ice and Fire Boy. It is not, it's not Momo, the, the girl who can create things out of ever. It's not Bakugo. I don't even know the name. What is the name, Will? I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You oh, keep shit. Talking. So... Okay, now we have to backtrack a bit. Figurines, anime figurines, the most, probably the most, one of the more expensive merchandises you can own, and definitely is a statement that says, I like this property, I want to support this property, uh, sorry, I want to support this property, this is what I believe in. This is the character that I love the most. This is my waifu, my husband, or whatever. Then, you would think that, hey... This is like figurines are like huge, right? And yes, it is. And then in My Hero Academia, there's a girl whose ability is invisibility. So her name is Toru Toru Hagakure, and her full hero name is Stealth Hero, Invisible Girl. Now, to be fair, in the anime, 
it's voiced pretty well. She she's like cutesy voice, and the way that it, she's animated actually is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, because she of course you know just because she's invisible doesn't mean that she doesn't have any decency. She's still right. gonna wear clothes and all that. And God the funny damn. part is, at one point she has to like be completely invisible, and it was actually quite a funny bit. So another funny bit that Funimation saw all this and was like, hey, you know what? Let's capitalize on this and let's make a figurine of the invisible girl. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It's actually a very genius move. We saw it, right? It was how much was it? It was like eighteen ninety nine US. Yeah, which is granted not that expensive for an anime figurine. Oh, a lot of stuff can go way higher than like a like, hundred bucks. But this is an anime figurine of an invisible superhero. You see the gloves. You see the gloves, right? What is it? The gloves and uh, her 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 boots. Her boots, and that's it. What's funny is because because she she's invisible, so that means like the, her hands and her boots will be floating. So you actually see little tiny plastic pylons that are holding up the. So you could definitely see it's not like perfectly invisible, but I think just the whole image of it is just fucking ridiculous. Because they have, they have Bakugo, they have uh, All Might, they have Todoroki, they have everyone that's like done in perfect detail. Like literally, I think it's like like twenty to one or whatever the scale yeah. is. Or even think about just other anime series of like I don't know uh, shonen series like uh, Demon Slayer, you know, uh, of of Nezuko in Demon Slayer, you know, like it's like everything is very int- because these figurines are not cheap figurines by design. Like they're usually very expensive, and therefore the material, their articulation. Sometimes there's not even any articulation, but it's of high quality and of high standard. And then Funimation had the balls, had the cojones to be like, yeah, you'll buy this for $17.99. Yeah, but is it 17 or 18? $17.99. $17.99. My bad. I said it was $18.99. Of this invisible figurine. Hey, man, I'm pretty sure they, the plastic went into making those gloves and the, the boots. Not cheap. Literally, you're paying almost five bucks per piece. Five bucks for a plastic glove, five bucks for a plastic boot, and you have to get a pair, right? So that's. That's almost. I, rem- bucks. Yeah. I remember copy and pasting the news story in my text chat with Will early in the morning, and his response was just, was it was just like this is amazing. This and, is fucking genius. And I and I just was like yeah exactly. This is like the dumbest best thing I have ever seen ever. Like you know, there's going to be someone that's triggered by it, but at the same time, like that's the point. I was like, I, I just had to like, Funimation, clap, clap, clap. You, I, I I hope there's a follow up like segment where like they actually release the sales data, or and, or hey hey what what happens if the add ons are they include the clothes? I'm actually pretty sure if 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 it's the Funimation eShop, they they should be able to write down like well what their sales did, did it. It may be why would they why would they like. They, they, they might say which one's the most popular one, right? And then that way they can then push forward for more shows to or more anime. Uh, Anyways, that uh, as Will alluded to, you can buy the Invisible Girl figurine from My Hero Academia on the Funimation eShop store. If you do, send a photo of you buying it. I will not diss you. In fact, if anything, I will like. We'll give you a shout out. I'll give you mad respect. We'll give you premium Patreon access. Uh, we don't have a Patreon, Will. When not we yet. have a Patreon, we'll get you premium access. Okay, so... <laughs> An invisible girl figurine. Okay, yeah. so... Um, Let's wrap up this news section with... Um, no, 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 no. I think that's it for the news section. I don't yeah. really think we should talk about any more downers. Yeah, let's just wrap this up with now, then. So, would you, would you buy? 
No. Okay, good. No. To be fair, like it, it'd be funny to see, but like I am not dumb enough to just drop down like almost $20 just to buy this thing. Will, Will. I've never bought an enemy figurine. Will, Will, hear me out, okay? Will, hear me out, okay? So what if you give me about 100 150 US dollars uh 150,000 US dollars and and I will rent I have a rental figurine service an anime rental figurine service so you say what figurine you want I will see if I have inventory and then I will you know send it to you you can display it for however long you want the longer it is the more money it will cost you if you have a subscription service you know depending on your tier you can rent multiple figurines yeah yeah how are you licensing these figurines oh don't worry about that bro like it's on kickstarter everyone loves it you know Yo, it's on kickstarter yeah you can get first dibs you guys already got funded yo uh well okay we got funded we- in 24 hours Ooh. <laughs> Actually, I don't even remember how long it took. But yeah, okay. They're totally not shady at all. No, totally not shady. I'm down. Uh, my resume in terms of anime and manga is I host a, I, I co-host a podcast. I, I like anime and manga. I love anime and manga. <laughs> I love to talk. So here's a here is an uh, an anime fair, figurine. Though, to be fair though, like you know that there's going to be people who will be down to use an anime figurine rental service. Now you see here, Will. Because I said what I said, and we're going to release it, if anybody were to actually do that, we can claim that we had the idea first. Do not take intellectual prior, uh, property, okay? We'll just sue them. Like, <laughs> I'm American. I can sue the crap out of them. I'm Canadian. I'm too nice. So you apologize while I sue them. I'm, so- the, I'm the guy It's like, you know, if this lawsuit doesn't work out, I basically have to rectify our mistakes and be like, I'm sorry to all of you Canadians out there. Yeah, we, a, we do say a. sorry a lot, okay? All right, so that is the end of our news section. We will then take a short break, and then we will get into the 15 anime summer 2021 premieres and our thoughts. Some of them will go into that length, and some of them will just blast through, but at least this will give you an idea of what to check out this summer and what to skip. Or, you know, if there's something good to check out, there's so much stuff you can watch in Crunchyroll, Funimation, High Dive, and Netflix. Uh, and Hulu, I think. Yep, so we'll see you. and welcome back to the Good Anime Pal podcast. Will, how are you doing? I feel a lot better now after some food. That's good. And I'm hoping that everybody's been enjoying some of the new music that we've been airing as well. We'll be going over the names and the artists uh, in the uh, cleanup at the end. Uh, But uh, for now, we're going to move into the next session of our uh, episode. Which is our main discussion topic. Is our summer 2021 premieres. This is going to be a good one because there's been a lot of shows that have aired uh, in the past two weeks. Uh, but I think there's still a few more that are coming out uh, later on this month and even in the beginning of, uh, of August. Uh, yeah, and uh, we will talk about that very briefly towards the end of the episode. But we're here to talk about the 15 summer 2021 anime that we watched in prep for this episode. Now, for the purpose of today's 
discussion. I know, of course, when we talk about premieres or recaps of stuff that we've watched, sometimes it could just be like, well, I mean, like we're just telling you what to watch and stuff, right? And precisely that. But the main reason why we wanted to do this is you know, not only because summer is premiering, but because in terms of uh, the scores that they accrued on my anime list, the majority of these shows are holding a seven point something on uh, on Mal, which is a it's a decent score, but it helps to you know know which shows to watch, which ones to drop uh, before you even get into it. And that's what we hope to do uh, with today's discussion, or even uh, raise awareness for some of the shows that you didn't even consider that might even be right up your alley. As Will mentioned, this season is quite interesting, at least from. Uh, from a my anime list and Reddit score perspective, which is that there are several shows that have exceeded, that are the highlights, I guess. Two of them, I would say, are sequels. Kobayashi Dragon's Maid. Uh, S. Uh, S, which is season two of Kobayashi Dragon Maid. And then the Slime Isekai season two, part two. Now those are ranked pretty high above an 8 on my anime list, which is extremely respectable. I think 8.6 and 8.5. Which is crazy. Then you have Love Live Sunshine, which well, whatever is... Whatever it is. I'm it, not, it, I, don't, it, I don't care about the Love Live franchise. I don't really care for it either, but it is doing very well with almost an 8.06, I think, right? 8.06, yeah. Definitely, it's cracked 8. It's, it's cracked. It's, it's above an 8. So up, but then when you get past those three... Oh, there's also Higurashi. Oh, Higurashi 8.05, I Satsu, think. Satsu, uh, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, I think over, over 8 as well. But that's a sequel as well. Okay, so not two sequels, three sequels. But if we exclude... All, I thought The Love Live was the second season. It's another sequel as well. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or whatever. Okay, fine. Potentially four sequels. But it, it makes sense, right? Like Whenever anyone like wants to watch a sequel, it's you know one of those, like, oh, I can't wait to get into it. It carries on the hype that it generated from the first or the, the you know the previous seasons. Therefore, I think the scores are a little bit skewed in the end. But hey, I mean, sometimes sequels can be worse. Sometimes they can be much better. Let's just say right now, sequels are doing well. Then, everything else is all in the sevens. Everything from like 7.00 all the way through 7.99. So as long as it's got a 7 in front of it, that's the majority of the shows that we've watched so far. Which is interesting because throughout the past, throughout the year, shows have exceeded an 8 that were non-sequels. Some even being originals, like Vivi, for example. So this season is quite interesting in that there's a lot of shows that are kind of in this weird in-between area of, well, they're not exceptional, but they're not bad either. And I there's mean, a yeah. lot of them, like 20-something. If you were, if they say if you want to get some context in terms of like how shows are fair, we're, again, we're using specifically my anime list as a reference here. Uh, if at the beginning of GAP, the whole, you know, all the way back in January, Witcher 2021, the shows that had a score of eight and up, uh, eight and above. So, uh, Attack on Titan Final Season Part One, Re Zero Second Season Part Two, Yuru Camp Non Non Biori, Slime Isekai Season uh, Season Two Part One, uh, Mushoku Tensei, Horimiya, Doctor Stone, Stone Wars, uh, Quintessential Quintuplets, Second Season of World Trigger, Skate, uh, B Stars just missed out with seven point nine nine. Us did uh, Uma Musume Pretty uh, Derby Season Two and uh, 
one year egg priority with a 7.98. Then in spring, Fruits Basket, the final season, 9.09, fucking crazy. There's Odd Taxi, uh, To Your Eternity, VV Floret Eyes Song, Tokyo Revengers, Megalobox Season 2, Moriarty Season 2, 86, uh, Irumakun Season 2 for some reason was up there, uh, Zombieland Saga Revenge, uh, and then afterwards, Shadow's House misses out with the 7.8. But that's a lot of shows that are above an 8. This season, there's only four. And also, a lot of the shows that Will just mentioned are most of them... In fact, the majority of them are sequels. Yep, second season and beyond. So, it comes to no surprise that this season is no exception. But uh, the difference being that, at least in the previous seasons, at least for 2021, there is several new shows that cracked at least an eight you know i'm, I'm thinking of hori mia vv I'm, I'm thinking of vv you know so wonder those, egg wonder egg almost right wonder egg uh, yeah, almost yeah 7.98 at the end so hey they they're doing very well so this is this season this summer 2021 season is the season of the sevens basically yeah it's one of those like you're sitting on crunchyroll funimation hulu netflix wherever you're watching your shows and then you see a show okay i kind of want to get a little background before i start cracking it open oh it's a 7.5 a 7.6 decent score but is it like good enough to keep my attention well you know hopefully throughout the next hour or so we'll be able to give you a rundown of what we've watched and whether that is enough information for you to pick up the show or maybe put on the shelf and wait a little bit longer for something else to come out so uh two disclaimers before we get into the 15 shows that we chose to watch for this episode, which is we obviously did not watch every single summer premiere. Uh, That would be crazy. That would be overkill because this is not our full-time job. And even if it was our full-time job, that's still crazy. So we're still human in the end. Yeah. So instead we watched a lot of summer premieres for this episode. uh, But we watched the ones that we think are either worth covering or the ones that we are curious about or the ones that are more catered to are each of our tastes or both of our tastes. Yeah. And of course, like, you know, the ones that we didn't pick up yet or ones that haven't aired yet, who knows? We might pick them up, you know, after this episode airs and then we can come back to you throughout the rest of the second season of GAP to let you know what our thoughts are. And just because that we talked about these 15 shows now does not mean we won't give updates if we so choose to keep up with them as well. Yeah, some of these shows, they might have plots and turns, uh, plot twists and turns. Some of them might end up disappointing. Some of them would be much more surprising. Uh, We'll keep you updated throughout the next couple weeks. So then this goes into our second and final disclaimer, which is that these 15 shows we have watched, but some we have watched up to date, as in with the most current episode, and some we watched maybe one episode or two episodes out of the three or four episodes that are available, or even, in some cases, part of the first episode only. That doesn't mean we uh, hate it or love it, or it could mean that. But our opinions of it may change if we decide to watch more of it, and we will obviously inform you if that's the case. Yeah, time's a bitch sometimes, right? So we just need to be able to have enough time to fully write down and you know discuss what our overall thoughts are but for now this is initial impressions and hopefully this will be enough for you to to run with and pick up something new or just wait for you know maybe the next season yeah because uh, i think actually because will you and i are now known among our friend group as the anime and manga person yeah a lot of people have actually come up to me and be like oh, okay 
what should I watch for this upcoming season? And I've been having difficulty right away giving recommendations, like right off the bat, you know, because there wasn't anything that stood out because the sequels, you just would watch it if you if you wanted to watch it. And if you didn't want to watch it, you don't need me to tell you. So that's what we're doing here. We did all the dirty work for most of the dirty work for you so that you don't have to waste time trying to figure out what's worth it, and what's not. We will let you know. So shall we start off with the first uh, show that we wanted to discuss for this season? Let's do it. Well, so the first one we watched now, Jason actually watched the premiere about a month ago uh, before it then aired on Funimation. So the show is called Sunny Boy. So Sunny Boy is an animated original that was developed by Madhouse. And wow, it's it's a it's a pretty, pretty interesting show. So it's currently streaming on Funimation. And the main, I guess, uh, selling point in terms of staff is that it is directed and written by the the person who did One Punch Man Season 1 director. He's a director of One Punch Man Season 1, which for all intents and purposes is the best and kind of the only One Punch Man season. So the guy... You know what's crazy as well, though? That what? the second season for One Punch Man is still like a pretty decent 7 out of like a 7.5, 7.6. In all, all grand scheme of things, it's still a decent score, but when you compare it to season one, it's just the drop-off is almost like a two-point difference. Yeah, it's massive. But we're not focusing on One Punch Man. We're talking about Sunny Boy. So Sunny Boy, I think you and I both liked it. Okay, so as Will mentioned, I watched the season one premiere on the Funimation YouTube channel in the U.S. because it was only available for 24 hours, and then weeks later, the first episode premiered, and I checked out the first episode premiere is exactly the same as the one that was available on YouTube. And since then, the second episode has debuted, and Will and I have watched both episodes separately. So, um, my thoughts about it, if anything, is not only the same, it's and or stronger. Which is, I think, uh, Sunny Boy is a pretty unique anime. It's kind of weird, but it's weird in a way that I think is quite um, ambitious. It's very colorful. I think that the palette is is very deep, but at the same time, it feels very empty. Uh, I think one of the reasons why it's empty is because there is no music. Barely any music. I think, like, in the second episode, they only had music at the end. Same of, with the first episode. Like, five minutes in, they had an ED, but there's no OP. There's no opening. Uh, and it just was basically characters speaking, ambient sounds, background music, well, background noise. That's about it. But like it, it, it helps to create an environment of, of mystery. And void. Too. Yeah. I think because the first episode is very much the, the feeling of the void, right? It's it's a lot of darkness. It's black. Um, and the students themselves, uh, who basically are the characters of the show, even they're not quite sure what's going on. So it's like if we don't know what's going on and the characters don't know what's going on, it leaves that kind of empty hole where like you're trying to piece together a lot of things. That's where like the mystery part is like quite strong. Um, and then you start unfolding a bit more about the you know, the the rules of the world, uh, the powers of the students, and how they interact with each other as well. Because it's, it's literally just the students all together in one dark empty void and trying to figure out how they can coexist whilst also being able to set a, like you know rules. So a plot synopsis, a very, very short plot synopsis without spoiling stuff, because I feel like in Sunny Boy, uh, if you spoil stuff, it's actually quite uh, a big deal. I would just say it is students 
with superpowers, multidimensional, very Inception-like, and uh, that's that's it, really. Uh, if that tickles your fancy, um, which I've said when I watched the premiere uh, on Funimation YouTube, uh, it, the, the premise still hasn't changed. They have expanded on it, made it, in my opinion, a bit more interesting, but, you know... Um, well, I mean, Will, what, what, what... I mean, imagine it's just, like, you know, school students that are dropped into a mystery world where they don't really understand things and they need to create a society. It's, I think the moral of Sunny Boy, at least one of the overarching themes, is it doesn't matter if you are in weird dimensions or weird worlds. It doesn't matter if you all of a sudden gain superpowers and some don't and some do or you don't know. The end of the day... Human beings will be human beings, and high school students will always be high school students with high school problems. Humans do human things, right? Yeah. I think I think in, in terms of my level of enjoyment for the show, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with how it's rolled out. I'm pretty happy with the level of mystery and how like there's a lot of unknowns in the show. It does keep it so that I want to learn more about the world. I want more of the characters to focus because literally you actually don't know much about the characters themselves. You know very little about their real characteristics, their real backstory. You just see the, the, the only way you really learn anything about them is through how the characters interact with each other, which is very key. But at the same time, you can tell sort of by the tone or by the way they react the kind of person that they are. Yeah, one of the things you also mentioned as well, how it has a very Miyazaki, uh, no, not Miyazaki, uh, Masaki Yuasa kind of feel to it. I could kind of see it. it. I mean, yeah, it kind of has it. It's not like the same art style, but like in terms of like the the frame rate, how it's a little bit slow, how the characters are designed, how they interact with. Each- I think the main thing is like the character interactions. It's very Masaki esque, where it's like they talk a lot, but they don't really reveal all that much about themselves or the other person. Rather, it helps to create the world that's around them, and it helps for you to make more sense about the world of Sunny Boy, but without knowing more about the characters of Sunny Boy. Yeah. I would give this show a good recommendation. I would say so. You, uh, from yeah. a five to ten scale, that's the mal rating scale, and or f- uh, one to five stars. What would you give it? I'd say it's an eight out of ten mm. so far. For, so mm-hmm. far, it, it's. I think only two episodes is not enough for me to give anything concrete, but it's trending in a good direction. I would also say it's eight out of ten, four out of five stars, with potentially reaching a nine out of ten. Yeah, it would have to do something phenomenal to reach a ten, but it's it's that's still great. I mean, I would I would easily watch a show that's an eight out of ten. The next show that we will talk about, show number two, is Peach Boy Riverside. It is based on a manga of the same name, and the manga is still ongoing. The official English translation is licensed by Kodansha, is produced by Asahi Production, and you can find it on Crunchyroll. Now. Peach Boy Riverside is about a very well-known urban legend. Uh, no, sorry, not urban legend. Japanese folklore about the Peach Boy, where uh, an old couple were, you know, like on the river cleaning their clothes, and then a peach came de- like down the river, and they opened it. They took it home and opened it, and it turns out that there was a kid. And because the elderly couple couldn't conceive or have kids, they raised the boy as their own. That is kind of that uh, folklore kind of story. Now, here's the thing that is interesting about Peach Boy Riverside, which is their premise is what happens when 
that is not the only instance of the peach boy. And what happens when there's more than one? Then what happens when you add in demons? What happens when you add in kind of social economic uh, struggles and racism in to a certain degree? You get Peach Boy Riverside. So that is already pretty kind of like, okay. The other thing that is actually super weird, which I verified, you know, on my own, is that the anime is told out of chronological order. The first episode uh, of the anime in broadcast order, I think is like episode two or three in terms of chronological timeline. And I think they're on the fourth episode now. And according to the interview by the director, the fourth episode is then episode one chronologically. And this is intentional just for the anime because I verified it by reading the manga, like just like the first cup, like first chapter or so. And it does not start the same way as episode one of the anime. So I think that that's a very interesting, uh, you know, kind of choice. It was still very easy to follow. But I, as of right now, I don't see why that was necessary or why that that serves as a benefit other than to say, oh, let's tell it out of chronological order. Now, one of the things I was very surprised about was the violence. The violence is actually pretty, pretty crazy. At one point, like heads were flying, arms were like being ripped off and stuff like that. So it's no joke. In addition to that, earlier when I mentioned about the socioeconomic class system and racism, those were pretty apparent, although kind of in your face and hitting you on the head with it. Uh, the tone is all over the place. Sometimes it's like an adventure anime. Sometimes it's like the social commentary anime. And sometimes it's like Tokyo Ghoul Light in a weird way. So it's, I don't even know what it is. What did you think of the animation quality for the show? It was fine. fine. Uh, as in like, it was good. Okay. Uh, nothing to scoff at. But How, no how is the violence animated? Uh, good. Like, what you see is is the gore, like lots of blood on screen. Is it like very graphic? Uh, the the violence itself was graphic, but there wasn't like an over. It wasn't like Mortal Kombat Blood Fountain, if that's what you're asking. Right, because Asahi Production actually also did some co animation work for uh, Akudama Drive. Yeah, and I would say Akudama Drive's violence is bloodier even though the things that happened in peach boy riverside were worse right let's just put it that way i think this show has the potential to be interesting but i don't think it will be one of those like oh you gotta watch it oh it's the best thing ever i think it's just like a pretty average show so if like a fair weather fan just came up and said hey uh, i've been checking out uh, the stuff uh, this thing called uh, peach boy Res riverside is it something you you vouch? Like, where do you stand on that? I have seen enough to say that I will keep watching. Right. But it's not very, it's not like I'm very, like, feel very strongly about it. Like, if I were to decide to just drop it even right now at this moment, I would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. 
So it's like a soft recommendation. It's like, yeah, you should check it out rather than, oh, you have to absolutely watch this thing. I would say it is a 7.5 out of 10, but more 7 than uh, 8. Okay, yeah. 3.5 stars. So as I said, very average you know, that pretty kinda. indicative of, of of what it really is. Then, if it's like more seven than eight, so it's decent, but like there may be other things you want to check out before this. Yeah, basically, this seven point five rating that I'm giving it is very indicative of this anime season. It's, it's one of it's, those. It's been hard, but I think you know there's going to be some shows later on, especially on my end too, that I would wholeheartedly recommend. Uh, so let's move on to the next uh, next series, show number three. So this one was, I think I just, I mean, I looked at the cover art for it. It had vampires. It looked cool. Um, it was also produced by Bones, and Studio Bones is always a good studio. This is for called the Case Study of Venetus, which aired uh, not too long ago. I think it's up to episode four now. It's based on the manga of the same name. It's still ongoing. Yen Press did the official English translation. And it's produced by Bones, which uh, did Skate the Infinity, which you know how Will and I feel about. It sucks. But one thing that we will not say that sucks about Skate the Infinity is that it does look really nice. And I think the same can be applied to Vanitas. It, it definitely does look like a Bones production. It's gorgeous. The music is great as well. But I, you and I only just watched episode one. That's correct. And they also announced that this is one of the few animes that will get two curs rather than the standard one cur. So the other thing that I would say is that I think the manga is pretty highly rated. Uh, I forgot Will. Uh, I remember when we were like checking on like the seasonal like stuff, you said that on Mal that uh, the manga of the case study of Vanitas was really good. Like really high, like eight point something. Eight point four two. There you go. Uh, ranked how much? How what? Like top one, top two hundred. It's like ranked one, one sixty. There you go. So it's it's very respectable. In fact, more than very respectable kind of number. It's still ongoing. I think at the moment it's got fifty fifty three volumes. Here's the thing. Oh, sorry, no, fifty three chapters. Chapters. Okay. Here's the thing. I think the production quality of the case study of Vanitas is extremely well done, as Will said. No doubt. It is, the animation is very fluid. The colors are very nice. The music actually caught me off guard in that it was actually done really well. And after we watched the first episode, we kind of don't really know what the hell's going on. We have some idea, but. I don't know. Like, Let me ask you this. The the, the two main characters, I'm not going to say their names, not because it's a spoiler. Like, how likable did you find them? Like, Did you feel like you connect with them? Did you feel like they left much of an impression on you? Or do you feel it's like it's only been one episode, it's hard to really judge? It's hard to really judge, but if I had to give you my gut feeling, I think that they're both kind of in love with one another. I think the show is a little bit homoerotic. There's definitely, like, pretty boys doing vampiric things. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just very obvious to me that that's the vibe that I got. Yeah. So, I actually just wanted to run off. In terms of the, the music and the sound, the sound director actually has a very stellar background. He did sound design and, and did the directing for uh, Mob Psycho. He did some work for, uh, he actually did some stuff for um, Ghost in the Shell, the movie. He also did uh, Eureka 7. He's done uh, some work for, I believe, Hanabato, the, the badminton anime. He also worked on the 
Godzilla, Godzilla Singular Point or Singular yeah, the one that's on Netflix right now, which we will watch at some point. Yeah, and also he did some uh, work for um, Bungo Stray Dogs, so he's got a, a pretty good like background in terms of uh, the, the works that he's done. Didn't Studio Bones also did uh, Mob Psycho? I believe so. Or am I getting it mixed up with uh, another studio? I thought it was Studio Bones. I thought it was Studio Bones. Um, okay, well, we'll double checks on that. I think you're right. It was Bones, right? So uh, the sound director also did both, basically. So okay. it, it, make, it makes it, it makes complete sense that you know from production and music wise, like they're both really good. I mean, it seems like the cast, at least from the that end, is consistent. The VAs are pretty good as well. I like the sound. I like the fo- the voice acting for sure. I think it's just in the end after only having watched one episode and that one episode itself not really telling me much about the show. And it also leaves on like a weird kind of cliffhanger as well. What I can tell you about the show is it's like Victorian era kind of uh, setting. There's vampires. There is like Zeppelins, right? Uh, It's like that kind of world. There's pretty boys. There's vampires. A lot of gothic shit in there. So... If that tickles your fancy and you also like high production value, I think the case study of Vinitas is definitely not a bad choice. It's it's worth watching. I think basically because we don't we still don't know much about the plot, it means that we should watch more of it. There's nothing bad about the show at all. Yeah. But I still have to say though, it's like a seven point five or an eight out of ten. Yeah. I think it's probably leaning more towards an eight for me, but it's it really does depend on how the next couple episodes pan out. And, As in, like, I need to watch episode two. And we would uh, let you know how that goes. So, that is that. The next show that we will talk, show number four, is pretty fast and loose, which is uh, My Next Life as a Villainous All Roots Lead to Doom X, which is the Villainous Isekai season two. Yep, so finally a sequel. Yep, I watched Villainous Isekai the first season, so uh, long, long when it premiered. So, season two is essentially the same thing. It is based off of a light novel series. It's still ongoing, and there's official translation by J Novel Club. The manga adaptation is uh, done by Seven Seas, and uh, 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 it's produced by Silverlink, and it is streaming on Crunchyroll. I will say this about Villainous Season 2. If you like Season 1, you will like Season 2. If you think season two is going to dramatically change you know the direction and everything no it's the same stuff doesn't mean it's bad in fact it continues it continues right where season one left off and the first episode is a pretty smart recap slash introducing new characters um the op is really good is done by angela which uh, did the knights of sidonia and also the first season uh villainous isekai op so it's pretty good. It's nice to see like the gang back together, but it is Bakarina, as uh, the internet calls it. It's just her doing stupid shit with her harm, slash reverse harm. And that's it. Nothing new. I mean, there is a new twist that they introduced for season two. I obviously won't say it here, but I don't really think the, the tone or anything is going to dramatically change. So it's fine. Seven point right. five out of ten. Again, it's not like it's like. Well, I think the thing is right. Like, if if you are a villainous fan, if you have watched season one, then it's not hard to say, hey, you should go watch season two as well because you're probably already watching it. But if you're not 
on season one. If you haven't even started Villainous. I mean, give season one a shot. Right. But my my parting thoughts with season two is it's same shit, different day, but that doesn't mean that that's bad. It's it, just, it just helps. Yeah, it just helps a lot more if you've watched season one. I mean, it helps immensely if you've watched season one. And it's just what do you want out of a possible season two in this case? And if it is I want more of the same, then by all means, go go for it. Perfect. All right. On to the next show, which both... Both Jason and I watched, but Jason watched more than I did, even though we were only on episode one. And here's how we're going to explain it. We went into the show not knowing that the first episode was a doubleheader and that it was over 50 minutes long. So it was essentially two episodes in one. I only managed to make it halfway, whereas you picked up the second half of the episode, not uh, just earlier today actually right yeah exactly um the show that we're talking about is that detective is already dead it's based on the light novel of the same name it's still ongoing also has a manga adaptation incoming but no official english translation yet i think this is like kind of like a trend right like japanese light novels and manga that don't have english official translations then get an anime like for example like records of ragnarok Right, like Rick's record was just Japanese only, got an anime announced, and then now recently it says, okay, we're actually going to translate this officially in English. Do you think that's like one of those trends where if it's using the anime to gain more traction, to gain more fans, and then bring more attention to the light novel or the manga? It's almost like the whole purpose of having an anime in the first place is to promote the source material. I'm just saying, Will. Yeah. <sighs> Isn't that like a nuanced thought? So, manga OG, manga OG, light novel OG. I no, guess. we're not. We're not going. To, we're not going to say that. We're, we are not the light novel army. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's talk more about uh, the devil. The, the devil is already dead. The detective is already dead. So are you are you saying the detective is also a part timer? Oh fuck! I, actually, I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, the so detective, the out. devil is a part timer. Season is, two, and is already dead. No. Yeah, we're blending two worlds together. Anyways. The Detective is Already Dead is, as you might expect from a light novel series, extremely dialogue heavy. Oh, very, very dialogue heavy. I the, think from the get-go, it, it literally just goes straight into a monologue. Yeah, the banter is actually quite witty. The back and forth between uh, the two uh, protagonists, which is Siesta, a female student, high school student, who's a detective, and Kimi, who is a middle schooler, who is her sidekick, and just thrown into the situation, right? Like I think you you also brought up too, like when it comes to the way they talk, the pacing of the the episode, like without even without even knowing, you could probably tell it was a light novel. And I would say that it is one of those shows that actually, before it premiered, a lot of people were talking a lot of hype about and then it premiered and i was expecting it to be like an eight point something to you know to be like one of the contenders for anime of the season and then it turned out to not be the case i think it was like a 7.46 somewhere smack in the middle i don't think it's bad oh off by 0.02 7.48 damn it got a little bit better as you watched it so it's about 
a detective sidekick duo trying to solve mysteries and save the world. Can't go too much into detail because there's a massive twist at the end of the episode, right? Yes, and also it seems like the second and third episode, which I think there's only three episodes at a time of recording, expands on that. So I can't really tell you other than to say it's extremely apparent that it is based on a light novel to the point where I kind of got the vibe that if it was an actual novel and I was reading it in words, I would actually think I would dig it more than watching it animated because, though, as I said, the banter is very witty and, like, you know, pretty fast and, like, smart in that sense. But the character voices are very monotone. Yeah, I think when it comes to dialogue, like, heavy dialogue, reading it for yourself does sometimes come off better as opposed to having it delivered to you if the performance isn't like on point and i think some of the vas or actually uh at least with the first two uh, at least with the two protagonists i think they uh the guy kimi only has two voice credits to his name this being one of them and then siesta has four voice credits this one being one of the four and unfortunately, I don't want to throw shade, but it kind of shows. I mean, they're rookies, essentially. Like, barely uh, uh, anything yeah, on their I, reel. I, I, again, I'm not blaming them, but it kind of shows. That's all. I mean, what else can you do, right? Like, if, if that's the amount of shows they've done, then that's just reality. That's yeah. just it. Like, no slate whatsoever. We're just stating the facts. I am extremely uh, conflicted about this show because I can see it being very interesting, and I will continue to watch maybe the next episode or the next two episodes just so that I can get a better grasp on how I feel about it. Is is the curiosity more that, like, I wonder how it would pan out if I read it as a light, light novel as opposed to watching further episodes and deciding, like, how you really feel about it as an anime? Because you mentioned it's, like, with dialogue-heavy stuff, sometimes it's reading it out better, right? So would you be inclined to no, read the light novel? No. No? No. Almost got you there. No. Damn. No, I'm I'm doing this for the, the light novel army. So the detective is already dead. I would put a huge question mark out of ten. I'd say wait to watch other stuff first and then see if you want to pick this up. But it's not bad. I will I will say that much. It's like at the very least a seven, if not higher, out of ten. So it's at least a th- a three out of five stars. Okay. I think this is a uh, the next show is something that you really wanted to talk about. Oh God, here we go. So, well, we'll give the, st- the spotlight back to Jason. All right. Every so often, anime does something so outrageous that you're just like, this can only be done in anime. And then there, it sometimes if you mix it with like the trashiness of the anime medium in general, there are just certain things that you don't really like it, but you kind of love it at the same time. Will and I like a show a lot called Cross Ange. It is, in my opinion, one of the best worst shows I have ever seen in my entire life. It might even be the best worst show. It's 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 so hard to find a comparison for Cross Ange because you tell someone the premise and they'll immediately think something's wrong with you, like you're kind of mentally sick or just a, a, a disgusting person. But no, like you you don't understand until you've watched Cross Ange. Do, do you feel that Kanajo no Kanajo or Girlfriend Girlfriend so, falls so, in that category? So. Girlfriend, Girlfriend, Kanojo Mo Kanojo. 
is an anime that I have mentioned at least several times on the podcast and many more times to Will. And then it's premiering in summer 2021. I was like, okay, let's watch it. Let's go. It's based off of the manga of the same name, still ongoing. Kodansha is doing the official English translation. There's currently four volumes out now. It is produced by uh, Tezuka Productions and is streaming on Crunchyroll. Now, now that we got all the details out of the way, this is the best worst rom-com I have seen in my entire life. The premise of Girlfriend, Girlfriend is extremely simple. And I don't think that spoiling the premise here detracts from the enjoyment of the show. In fact, it might even convince you to either avoid it like the plague or stick your ass on on your seat and watch the show right away. The premise is Nagayo is a guy who has a girlfriend called Saki. Great. Dude is dense as fuck, but whatever. He has a girlfriend. Girlfriend's kind of cute, whatever. Then, one day, another girl confesses to uh, to the main male character. And the guy was so moved, so touched by the confession that he was like, I have a girlfriend you convinced me. I will then go to Saki-chan, my girlfriend, my actual girlfriend, and ask her if I can date the both of you. And then that happens. The premise is so stupid. So stupid. Wait, so... so Yes, so, Will. So, so, yes, the, well. so the girlfriend is questioned by the boyfriend whether he can have an, an additional waifu, an additional side piece to his little, his little, his little harem, and she's okay with well, it. Well, okay, a harem implies... Well, okay, what is the definition of a harem? More than one? I've, but at the same time, like, like, how involved is the MC with the rest of the harem? Because this one, like, these, these, this guy is literally dating the both of them, right? Yes, that is correct. And this is, like, there is no, like, oh, will they, won't date. It's, like, right from the get-go, after, I think, three-quarters of episode one, it's, like, yeah, we're doing this. This is, like, that Borat situation. This is my first wife. This is my second wife. Now this is just basically, he's collecting so dating multiple. That, that's a big husbando energy so there. dating multiple people, infidelity, po- polygamy, polyamorous relationships. I'm fine with any with all of that if you are into that. And if all parties involved are comfortable with it. And, and consensual, then by all means, you can do whatever you want. But, like, oh, how do I say this? This show is so dumb. So dumb. But it's actually pretty funny. You can say it's like, oh, is it like quintessential quintuplets? Whereas like the five of them, but one of them get, eventually gets married to the main male character. But which one is it? Is it one of the five? And here's the crazy part. Two of the girls that are in the relation, in, in the anime are voiced two of the quintuplets. To be, uh, to be precise, it's Nino and Yasuba. So for those who, who, who know... Uh, it's the sporty one and the uh, tsundere in the quintessential, quintessential quintuplets. This show is... I 
I don't want to say it's like Horimiya, except one respect, which is they actually talk about stuff that teenagers would talk about. They talk about, for example, okay, how is this going to work? Are we then going to have a threesome? And then hilarity ensues. Oh, one girl doesn't know how sex works, so she tries to find out how it works, and then it ends up blowing up in her face. And they are very upfront with certain things. Like, at one point, person A calls person B a slut. And then it's like, they talk about sexual intercourse. Now, it doesn't... Uh, no, I'm not going to say actually. But they talk about it. It's crazy. And the best part is, what I'm telling you, the premise, that is only the half or three quarters of episode one it actually gets even stupider and crazier and more absurd I Brad this just sounds like hot trash it is so hot trash but it is so good you just can't help but like keep watching okay it. the OP is really catchy too I really like the OP but um it is the tr- it is trash but at the same time you can't help but like it and also commend the anime for, on their energy and gusto. Because they're kind of like, this is what we are. We're going to do this. And you're going to... And you, you, you just if you don't like us, then fuck off. But if you like us, then here, come join in on the fun. My concluding thoughts about Girlfriend, Girlfriend is this. Girlfriend, Girlfriend is the show without common sense. But knows that it has no common sense. And uses it to its advantage. It's the guilty pleasure of this season... One hundred uh, of this anime season, one hundred percent, potentially a dark horse candidate. Um, seven point five out of ten, I guess, but more seven, more eight than seven. Um, it's hella dumb, Will. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. There was there was one point when I was watching it that I literally paused the episode, took off my headphones, and was like, I need a moment. There's, there's no way that just happened, but it did. All right. Well, I, I, you would say hard recommend. Like you would, if you're ready for degeneracy, this is the show. I wouldn't say that this is that degenerate, but if you just want some good, funny, stupid shit, like turn off your brain and just stare at the screen, kind and, of and shit. just enjoy it, right? Like everyone is. It, okay, here's the thing. When you watch Girlfriend, Girlfriend, or when I watch Girlfriend, Girlfriend, it's all – I got the feeling that the people that were making it were having a blast as well. And I feel like I was having a blast as well. This is not anything more than it is. This is not like – I'm not saying some like, oh, this is like the best thing since sliced bread, but it is pretty good. Trashy, guilty pleasure. That's it. And now we move on to the next – show of this how do you follow up girlfriend girlfriend (laughs) so when you are unsure about decisions that you've made in your life will like right now in summer 2021 when i'm really unsure about what shows i want to watch what happens when let's say summer 21 season is over so 12 you know 10 to 12 weeks from now and you said, oh my god, I wasted X amount of time watching this show when it was so shit. Or, 
I should have picked up this other show because it, I would have enjoyed it. I'm watching it now. So basically, like if I was two episodes into Yasuke and I wanted my one hour back. Right. What happens if I told you you can do a remake? What happens if I told you I can transport you back to before you watch Yasuke, knowing that you didn't like Yasuke, and then you decided to watch something else with that time? That is basically the premise for Remake Our Life, which is based on a light novel of the same name, which is still ongoing. There is a manga adaptation, but still no official English translation for both the light novel and the manga. It is produced by Feel, Studio Feel, which uh, I know very well as the Snafu uh, Studio. And I like Snafu a lot. I think it's it's like uh, meh. Uh, this... Uh, what was it my student comedy cannot be uh, it's we just call it snafu because the title is so goddamn my wrong. youth romantic comedy is wrong as expected there you go so that is snafu and studio feel also made remake our life you can find uh the anime on crunchyroll and the first episode is a double episode double header so similar to the detective is already dead as i was sort of playfully alluding to earlier with will uh, the anime is about a guy who is in his late 20s and he's kind of like down in his dumps and just like failing at life, as they say. Then he takes a nap, wakes up, and somehow is transported back in time 10 years ago. And it just so happens that that was the moment where he made a very life-changing decision which was he got accepted to two schools one was an art school and one wasn't and previously he went to the one that wasn't the art school even though he kind of regretted it and now he's like i got transported back in time and i have all these memories and knowledge of the past 10 years i'm gonna go to art school and that is remake our life I think the show is super chilled. It's like a chilled out version of Blue Period. And uh, what's Blue Period? Uh, oh my <laughs> mother! I was, what I was, kind of I was, reference is that? You're, you're telling people to check out an, an anime that's based on a, that's kind of similar to a manga that you also tell people to check out. <laughs> but so basically, it, it's it's a very relaxing show. It's very relaxing. Talks about you know obviously things like life decisions. Uh, making choices in life more grown-up themes essentially. very not, grown not up. mature like in that kind of sense that like, get your mind out of the gutter we're more talking about like actually being an adult and making like big boy big girl decisions and also like the big what ifs you know like what if i decided to follow my passion or 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 go down this other way you know that kind of thing if, if i could redo that mistake i did before and, if i like, could remake it. my life yeah literally on the like, says on the on, says on the can the anime title itself is remaking their life. The show is good, very good, but it's nothing special. It does what it does best, which is the slice of life kind of adult drama about everything that I just said. Eight out of ten? Eight out of ten. Four stars. All right. I got an eight out of ten as well. Okay, here we go. Now you heard you heard me talk for a while and kind of go in. Now it's time for Will to go in. Time for me to get on my bullshit, because I'm gonna say something super controversial. Isekais are cool now. <laughs> I, I mean that genuinely because 
the show I'm going to talk about is an isekai. Now, I've talked before in the previous episode. I don't really give a shit about isekais, but like Mishoku Tensei you know, proved to me, not all of them are, are weird. Not all of them are boring. Not all of them are trash. Some of them are actually really fucking good. I really like Mushoku Tensei Jumpless Reincarnation that came out you know, earlier this year. So the show I'm going to be talking about now is How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. So this is a show that's based on a light novel of the same name, uh, published uh, digitally in English uh, by the Jane Novel Club. And uh, there was also an Eng- a manga adaptation, uh, which was done uh, not too long ago, but it's also produced by the same company. Um, so the anime itself is done by JC staff. It's streaming on Funimation and funny enough on Hulu as well, of all places. So what's the show about? Well, literally, it's about a guy who gets transported from real world Japan into an ancient world where kingdoms still exist and you have to fight against the if you ever played like World of Warcraft or any of those ancient like good versus evil like mythical battle kind of things that's essentially what it is you have the humans and the elves and the dwarves fighting against you know, the trolls and the goblins and the dragonkin of the north so this guy gets summoned into this ancient world because he summoned a hero to fix their universe to fix their kingdom and there's like, oh, we need to gather our military. We need to drum up the troops. And we need to build up confidence to take on the enemy. And then he goes, okay, cool. But how are your crop yields? What, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, like, are you guys generating enough food? No, 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 no. Will, Will. But, like, we need to win. Yeah, okay. But, like, if you don't have good yields, how are you going to be able to feed your army? Wait, what is yields? Do you have – who, who's literate here? Who knows how to read? Who knows how to write? What, what do you – I mean, I, I kind of know. Okay, because we're going to need to you know, spread the word. We're going to need to circulate that we need to drum up troops, right? We also need to be able to give them monetary compensation. We need to give them health insurance. We need to make Wait, sure... Wait, health that... insurance? Monetary compensation? What? Yeah, yeah. This, I, is, this is like... This is an isekai world, man. You can world, only man. run this world if everybody here is fiscally responsible. And they can see that this kingdom is run like garbage. And that's literally what it is. It's a guy who just goes in and just admins the fuck out of this world. He gets in, immediately employs the most people to start writing new rules and and legislations for the kingdom and then starts literally recruiting people is like, oh if you recruit somebody for me i will pay you 30 percent of a finder's fee and that was fucking hilarious because that was just like this is as mundane and as boring of a topic ever like who the fuck cares about hr and administrative work this is what the show is, and it's fucking hilarious because you then have this guy who says we need to build up an army, but uh, it turns out that the price of wheat has dropped so that you know, people started growing more cotton, but then because of high cotton yields, it meant that it actually changed the supply demand because now there's so much supply of cotton that it actually drove down the price of cotton, and now you guys have no more money, so now you have to revert back to making, you know, growing crops for wheat. It's just, it sounds boring it sounds dry but it's oh, actually uh, really damn good sorry uh i just woke up how, how long was i out uh you we're on episode three now so now it's like you're just sitting there wondering why is this show great and it's because of the fact that it's very literally real it's a very it's real, the realist it is it is literally just like a good like interpretation of what it would be like if you were to run an ancient kingdom with modern societal norms, right? How to actually create a fiscally responsible, economically viable country. And it it, it was just like it, it was it was the shit for me. I, I really fucking like it. It's dry humor, but it works. It kicks 
re- it kicks you in the teeth with how dry it is. I can't help but recommend it. The music is funny. I actually like the OP as well. It's actually pretty good. It's pretty dope. I actually haven't skipped it so far. Okay. Uh, how how uh, how many points out of ten? How many stars out of five? It's a uh, eight out of ten. Four out of five. Okay. Straight away. All uh, right. I don't know if it's exceeding anymore, but it's good. Okay. The next show that we will talk about is The Duke of Death and His Maid, which I watched. It's based on the manga of the same name, which is still ongoing. There's official English translation announced by Seven Seas Entertainment for May 2022. It's produced by JC Staff, which also produced Realist Hero, right? They did J- uh, JC Staff did that. And um, it's streaming on Funimation. Now, Will likes a show, a Netflix show a lot called High Score Girl. High Score Girl top is, 10, top 10. is a 3D anime. It turns out that the they are also done by JC Staff. Turns out that within JC Staff, there is a studio or kind of like staff members that uh, f- that's called SMDE, Shogakugan Music and Digital Entertainment. And they also did The Duke of Death and His Maid, which is to say that the Duke of Death and His Maid is done in 3D. It's, the 3D is actually not that bad. And it looks very interesting in, when it's compared to the background. The background has that kind of canvas looking, like an art canvas, almost like oil painting kind of canvas. And then you have 3D characters. It's significantly better than High Score Girl in terms of graphical fidelity. But that's not to say that it is better than High Score Girl, but that's noticeable. Uh, the story is a love story between a guy called Bochan, who is has whatever he touches dies. So then there, it talks about her interaction with uh, his, his maid and kind of them in love with one another. Uh, it's good. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, like, what's what's the? I mean, it, it sounds. I, I hate this. It doesn't sound all that interesting. And is that the general vibe you got from watching it as well? It was just. It like, is not that it's, interesting. It's okay. It's 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 a cute, laid back story. The maid, uh, teases uh, the the guy a lot, and it's very obvious that they both are in love with one another. But he can't touch her because if he touches her, she will die. <laughs> okay. Etc. 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 The girl's lava, basically. No, he's no, lava. no. He, he is lava. Ev- everything he touches dies. Uh, it's okay. I don't think I will continue watching it. Okay, How but I would show, say it's then? a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. How about the next show you got on the list? Uh, Kageki Shoujo Opera Girl, which is uh based off of the manga of the same name. Seven Seas Entertainment did the official translation. Produced by Pine Jam that also did Gamers, Glepnir, and Just Because. Streaming on Funimation. I've been talking about this show for a while. I watched it. I like it. It is kind of Yuri bait, but basically it's about a bunch of girls at a theater school. Where they do uh, a special type of theater where it comprises of only female characters. Including females who only do male roles. So all of the actresses are female. And apparently, it's pretty cutthroat competitive industry in Japan, like in real life. And this is about a school that pump out all these actresses. And it's about these girls 
kind of slice of life, kind of cute. Animation is solid. Color is very vibrant, very cute, very bubbly. If you're into cute girls doing cute things with like dreams and aspirations, it's not a hot recommendation then, right? If it's if that's the kind of your niche, exactly. Uh, if that kind of niche is your jam, get it? Then Kageki Shoujo is the is the one for you. I can't believe you also put like fucking brackets get it in there as well just to make sure i knew what you were gonna say and i knew it was coming i still just ah hey will i thought you said you don't want to you know show that we have everything planned and showed uh in our docket right you said i I had to i had to call you on that one just on that one thing okay okay now a show that i watched that i'm i'm not disappointed by but i'm very conflicted about it's called remain so it's a anime original uh that's done by mappa she's like Mappa are fucking like on everything right now. Um, you can catch it on Funimation. What's the show about? It's about water polo. So water polo is a sport. I have to say, this is the second or third time that you said, "What is this show about?" And then yeah. So and I have this, not done. This, I've this, not this done is, that since. God damn it! You've I've caught the bug. Fuck. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, so, show, uh, this Will, sh- what show, is this show this about? This show is about water polo. Water polo is an aquatic sport that's usually played in a pool with two goals on each side and a team of seven players on each side. One goaltender and six outfield or swimming players. And you used to play water polo, right? I, I played a little bit of high, uh, water polo in high school, so I thought, hey, this is cool. I haven't seen a water polo anime in, a, in, in ever, so why don't we check it out? The thing is, two episodes in, I still haven't watched any water polo water polo be played nothing has happened they've only shown the pool in the last five minutes of the second episode and then the the third episode's airing tonight so i i I can't really say much about it it's very like slice of life high school right now uh no water polo so i can't really report on that i'll i'll only be able to tell you more about it later on but if you if you have any hopes of it being a good show you should check it at the very least the music and the animation's good so it's, it's not a, like it's not like top tier Mappa, but it is okay. So it's a sports anime, but not really about sports. It's just it's it's literally just anime. Okay, got it. Right, because it's sports anime without the sport. All right, we're gonna just power through this. Life lessons with Uramachi Onisan. I watched it. It is based on a web manga of the same name, and there isn't a there is a manga adaptation, a two volume English omnibus published by Kodansha. Published, uh, produced by Studio Blanc and uh, streaming on Funimation. Will, you watched a lot of kids' shows when you were a child, right? Yeah. Blue's Clues, Barney, you know, of that ilk at the very least, right? Yeah. I mean, like some Sesame Street. Yeah, Sesame Street, you know, definitely. I don't. Th- I think I was the generation after Dora the Explorer. That yeah, I, I didn't watch Dora the Explorer growing up either. But what happens when you watch Blue's Clues or when you watch Sesame Street and the hosts, are, like the human hosts, are just bitter and down and down with life, and and it's just like the they're not they're not they're not assholes, but they're they're like realists in a way. Basically, they're the embodiment of real life sucks. Yeah, basically. So this is that show. It it is like a gag comedy about a children's show being filmed and the co-hosts and their interactions with each other or the staff or with the kids. And it's kind of funny. 
one of the things you actually brought up to me before as well was that like it the 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 voice acting cast for this show is it's is very stacked. good. It's very good. So, I actually found it funny that like the, the people who are voicing these characters have also done stellar works for other shows, but that you tell me this is about people who hate life and are just like trying to get through day and uh, get through the days and not suffer anymore. Like pain like, existence is pain and like these are the characters that these are the voice actors that are doing the voices. So Uramachi Onisang is voiced by uh the same person who did Araragi from the Monogatari series and Azaya from Durarara. So or the volleyball coach in Haikyuu. So big roles. Uh Yutano uh Tadano is voiced by Nana Mizuki which is a very well-known J-pop singer and also voices Hinata from Naruto slash Baruto. Hinata Hugo. Yeah. Hugo Huga. Hugo. Hugo. Huga? Fuck. Whatever. She she's very very reserved, quiet, timid in the in Naruto. And Borto. she's also in Sinful Gear as one of the 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 idols. So she can sing and in and then here she is like a washed up singer who is just I don't even know, so like down in the dumps. Okay, and then the third host is um Voiced by the mad scientist in Steinsgate and Tsukiyama from Tokyo Ghoul. That one I actually like the most because the mad scientist from Steinsgate is you you could you could hear how bitter he is with real life. So here is uh I don't know if this actually takes place in the anime that I watched, but it's kind of gives you that vibe. So it's like, you know, uh okay, guys, let's let's count backwards from three, kids. Three, three, two, two, one, one. Zero, zero, and it's like zero is like life. There is nothing. There's nothing. There's just void. And all the kids go like, what, what, "What's what's going on?" Or like them talking to the the singer girl uh, co-host and being like, "How old are you?" And then she's like, "Oh, you're not supposed to ask that, but you know, uh, I'm pretty old." And it's like, "Why aren't you married?" And then she's like, "Listen, you motherfuckers." <laughs> You know, it's like, okay, you don't, she doesn't say motherfucker, but she's like, listen, you're a little brat. Like, who cares, okay? I'm trying to find my life goals, okay? And I'm struggling when I'm 30-something and I'm not married and I have a dumbass boyfriend. And it's just like, the kids are like, oh my god, what the fuck's going on? And the director is like, cut, cut, cut. That is uh, Life Lessons with Uramachi Onisang. Uh, that sounds like a good show. I, I'd be down to watch that, actually. It's a 7.5 out of 10. More... Eight than seven, actually, now that I think about it, rather than more seven than eight. Okay, the next show, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S, which is the second season of Kobayashi. I can just say real quick, this is probably one of the best animes this season. It's the sequel, season two to Kobayashi Dragon Maid. So if you're not watching season one, what are you doing with your life? Okay, to be fair, Will hasn't watched it. Will is doing pretty fine with his life. Kana is that, still. That was, that was a very nice take back, huh? Thank you. <laughs> so I am. I am actually doing fine. Don't worry, mom and dad. Kana is too cute. Needs to be protected at all costs. The tone and everything hasn't changed. They introduced new characters, but it's just really good. But that is it. Nothing else to mention. It's really, really good. It's just a a, a beautifully done show by Kyoani about girls with huge tits, right? Yes. And the new character has massive tits. Okay. Like, I wonder why people find this show interesting. <laughs> well, watch it and find out. Uh, one day, one day. The OP and ED is done really well. 
and it's also sung by the same people that did season one. So that's it. On to the next one. The Aquatope on White Sand. Is, have we confirmed how to pronounce that? Aquatope? Aquatope? Whatever. The Aqua of the White Aquatope-y. Sand. The Aquatope-y. How about that? Yeah, the Aquatope-y on White Sand. Uh, pretty interesting show. Uh, it's done by PA Works, and it's currently uh, streaming on Crunchyroll. It's an anim- anime original, and it is, again, one of... Two shows, the other one being Case Study of Vinicius that has confirmed a two-cur anime, so 24 episodes. Streaming on Crunchyroll, okay. It's very relaxing watching the show. There's a lot of blue, and it makes sense. It's very calming. So if you watch other works by PA Works, namely Shiro Bako and Sakura Tricks, this is basically that, but with aquariums and sea creatures. Which is to say, it features rather somewhat flawed, maybe even in some ways broken individuals who are all women trying to figure out stuff in their life and then being bonded by an occupation or a theme. In Shirobako, it is uh, anime creation. In in Sakura Tricks, it's about tourism in uh, a rural village. And in Akotope, it's about aquariums. It's kind of Yuri Beatty, super chilled, super beautiful, and the music's pretty good. What do you think, Will? I thought it was okay. Um, I, th- I could definitely tell you vibed with it a bit more than I did, but I'd I'd say it's still a good recommendation. Uh, there is a shoujo eye anime, uh, no, not anime, shoujo eye manga called A Tropical Fish Yearns for Snow that I really like, and this is almost like that exactly. So if you've ever heard of that manga and you like that manga. You need to watch this show. The final show that we watched, well, specifically that I watched, of the summer 2021 season is called Make You Black Company or The Dungeon of Black Company. Now, again, this is another isekai, but this is actually based off a manga, not based off a light novel. Uh, so it's produced by Silverlink, and it actually Silverlink's done quite a few shows this season. Yeah, I know. And it's also streaming on Funimation. So what's this isekai about? So why the fuck am I watching isekais? Because this one's also really damn dry. So it's about... Okay, to guy, be fair, you weren't going to watch it. I mean, actually, both of us weren't going to watch and it. And I was just like, fuck it. I've already caught up on, you know, Aquatope. I've caught up on uh, Remain. I've caught up on... Um, Realist rebuilds a kingdom. Why not I just pick it up? I mean, and I wrote, was a, I wrote, good decision. I wrote question mark, question mark, question mark, and then I was like, either one of us could watch it as an optional thing. And I'm glad I picked it up because it is so dumb and dry. What's it's, it about, Will? So it's about a neat or a hikiko, a hikikomori, just basically like a, a shut in in Japan who manages to amass a lot of wealth through hard work and is able to acquire uh, three large residential buildings. It is essentially the quote unquote king of his. Little uh, his little palace. He doesn't need to do a single thing. Never needs to go outside. He's ready to enjoy life. So all he's a landlord. Sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, boom, a hole opens up. He gets sucked into a new world, and now he's a lackey. He has to work as a miner for a mining company to mine this this crystal called Demonite. And so now he is at the bottom of the social rungs again, and he has to work his way back up. But rather than doing all the hard work, he's just like. 
I worked so hard in my previous life. I'm not going to fuck around and do this shit. So he starts coercing people to join like trade unions. He starts trying oh to get people God. to, yeah, he, he he starts trying to get people to, to listen to his sob stories. It's like, we will not take no shit from the people who stand above us. They're going to give us equal rights. They're they gonna go give on us- strike? Yeah, they go on strike. Yo. There's, a, there's an episode where they actually start conversing with other creatures that live under the dungeons who are like, they, they, they don't ever interact with humans. They're actually seen as natural enemies. But then he's like, why are you trying to kill us? We're helping you. Wait, what happened to you? You're missing a leg. What happens? When was the last you could day off? You know, how, how many days do you work a week? Like seven days a week? Like, you know, like 28 days a month? It's like, I've, I've been working every day for the last 25 years of my life. What? Wait, you didn't get no compensation for overtime? You have no health insurance? When was the last time you saw your family? We're all part of the same cluster. We all came from the same egg. We only serve the queen. Because we're all typically family. And I was like, oh, so like you're doing everything for the queen, but she never gives anything back to you? It's like, that's what our job is. No, that's not what you're supposed to do when you serve the queen. And then the, the creature's just like, what's going on? Like, why is somebody telling us how to change our lives? And then he starts, <laughs> he actually gets a projector and starts creating, like, workplace racism videos or workplace, like, uh, like, like hostile work environment videos and teaching them how to relate to... Wait, OSHA is involved in this? I, there's a lot of weird shit. It's actually fucking hilarious. Granted, the mouse score is not great, and I do agree with it. It's more a 7 than an 8, but there's just something about the show that makes me relate to it very, very much. I think it's just barely above a 7. I think it's like a 7.07. It's a good show. I quite like it, but again, it's personal biases because I really like dry shit that really should have no existence whatsoever in the realm of anime or anything, but it's good. I I can't believe it, but the two frontrunners for... Animes of summer 2021 for me are both isekais and both dry as hell. All right. Well, we have gone over all 15 shows that uh, we wanted to cover. You watched, I watched, or we both watched. Okay, exactly. Now, let's just do a quick rundown of keep or drop after we have consumed all that we did. Sunny Boy. Keep. I keep as well. Uh, Peach Boy Riverside, I will keep. I'll check it out. A hesitant keep. Uh, case study of Vinitas. I think I'd keep. say the verdict's still open. I think keep as well, just to see what's up. Villainous. Keep because it's just more. Detective is already dead. Yes, keep. I think keep based on curiosity, but I'm prepared to drop it. Kanjo Kanjo. Hella keep. Okay, so that that's piqued my interest. I'd be down to check it out. Uh, remake our life. Yeah, I'll keep. Okay, I keep saying keep for all this shit. How a realist rebuilds the hero, built the kind of, Yep, I I say absolutely keep. But now the Duke of Death and his maid. I say drop. That one's a drop. My first drop. Yeah. Opera girl, Kakaki Shoujo. Keep, but like also like uh, we'll see how it goes because it it ticks all the right boxes, but it's not like it's not great. I don't know. Remain for me. Drop until further notice. At the moment, it's not really worth picking up. But when things start to get interesting, I will let you know. And at that point, it's either a drop or a keep. We'll check back in in two weeks. Uh, life lessons with Uramachi Onisang. For me, it's a keep with an asterisk, which is I'm pretty sure it's just going to be more gags and that's it. But what I like, I will keep. But I might watch it sparingly or you know watch it throughout whatever like yeah kobayashi dragon mate s a hundred percent will keep aquatope i will also keep i i'm indifferent and then black company if you like realist watch realist 
if you like you really like the realist then watch make you black company at the moment i i rank one higher than the other but they're both decent watches now excluding the shows that we have not talked about there are certain premieres that have yet to premiere that uh we couldn't cover because obviously they haven't premiered yet ancient magus bride the ova is one of uh, i'm really looking forward to ancient magus bride i love the manga and i love the the first season the ova original is in september so there's that jahi's Jahe, Jahe, Jahi, Jahi Sama. It was gonna premiere on August first, two twenty twenty one, and I'm looking forward to that. And guess what? It's also Silverlink. Yes, and it is basically Devil's a part timer, kind of, because it's like a reverse Isekai. Uh, are you gonna watch Halion? Halion? I thought it was Heion. Heion? Heion? Maybe. I mean, it's Mappa. It's Mappa. You're the one that was really confused as to why Mappa would do it, so maybe you'll check it out of curiosity. Probably. Uh, Madoka Magica? I don't give a shit about Madoka Magica. But Shaft are back. Shaft is back, though. I mean, okay. Madoka Magica, uh, Magica Gaiden Season 2, a lot of people like it. So, and Studio Shaft, I, I stand by that. I like Studio Shaft a lot, so. Right. And then Kaizuka Ojo or Pirate Princess. It's got Fina. Pirate Princess, the number of production IG on Crunchyroll. It's a Crunchyroll exclusive, I think. I think. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely one of the producers of the show. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I don't know anything about it either. But it looks. At least the poster looks okay. It comes out in three weeks, so we can definitely let everyone know how we feel about it when we do decide to watch it. All right. So then, that is the end of our episode. This I I realize that we do say keep a lot of shows. The thing is, it's because the fact that it's still quite early in the summer 2021 season, which means that, yeah, I, I am still intrigued and interested to watch these shows. But hopefully as the season goes on, we'll have solidified our reasons for keeping or dropping a show. I think this the cycle for me is at the beginning of each season, I would watch at least 10 to 12, sometimes even as close to 14 premieres then by the end by actually by the half by the three episode rule four episode rule i would have dropped half either because they were they they should be dropped or whether or it's because oh i can watch it later it doesn't matter or i'll watch it and binge it later yeah just like for me with remain after two episodes i'm still not convinced so if the third episode doesn't change my mind then highly likely i'll drop it and then i'll actually finish three to four on a week-by-week basis. Yeah, usually I think like of the 15, I would say that five or six of them we will definitely finish. Yeah, I can I can see that too. So, you know, that's that, I guess. And it's not to say that it's because we just do, like, prefer some to the other. It, yeah, that is the, the, the straight-up general answer. But it's also because the time is finite. We want to make sure we're able to dedicate enough time to focus on specific shows. And at the same time, we still have a lot of backlog anime we want to watch. Tons. Too. I have so much on-hold anime. It is insane to me. and But also at the same time, we understand that new season, new, new season of anime, summer season, everyone is on summer vacation if you're at school. You just want to check out some anime and you might even want to hear what our thoughts are about them. So he, we decided instead of doing what we originally intended for this episode, we decide to scrap that idea and then decide to focus on the premieres. Especially as the good anime palette, right? It would be 
a disservice of us for us if we didn't help recommend shows for you to watch this season. To be fair, I actually found it quite fun. I don't want to do this for every single season, but if the t- if the timing is right, I f- I, I feel like this is good. It just made sense because of how many sevens there were this season that like we just had to break it down, really see of this of this catalog what's actually worth watching because because I, I think it's like oh I mean you're definitely going to watch Hormia, you're definitely going to watch Attack on Titan final season, yeah, yeah, you're definitely yeah. going to watch Jumpless Reincarnation. Yeah, am I? Uh, oh, you want to know our thoughts on Attack on Titan the final season? That is like to me the, the most the most, bore- the, the most hyped show of all time. Yeah, like what's what's there to discuss? It's like Kobayashi Dragon Maid season two, right? Like you're kind of you're asking a dumb question. Because, of course, Kobayashi should be super good. If it isn't good, that's actually the more shocking thing. Exactly. It's like it's an, it's an answer you already know, and you just want more, like, confirmation, which, why? Like, you just, just go, go, go confirm it yourself. And, or sit in a room with an echo chamber, so then you can just hear your own validation. Yeah. So there's always going to be shows that are, like, you need a little more clarification before making a move on. And then there's always going to be shows where you're, like, you feel after three episodes, you made a mistake. And that's what we aim to do with today's episode, to at least give you an insight of what to do, what not to do. And it just so happens that this summer season has a particularly large amount of those kind of middle-of-the-road, I am not sure whether or not I should keep watching or drop it kind of anime. That's yeah. it. So this is a good uh, resource. Uh, and then moving on with the rest of the season, we'll start watching more shows. We'll really solidify our reasons for watching and not watching certain shows. And we're also going to be diving deeper into other themes, other analyses. It's it's going to be a fun season. And and backlogs as well. Not to mention, yo, new music as well, right? I'm not sure you all heard, but we got some new music to talk about this time around. All right. So now time for the housekeeping. You could always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. We also have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash good, capital P, capital G, all one word. We have a website, and we encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can join us on Discord. The invite link is in the show description. Also, we have a My Anime List Club. The invite link is also, uh, is also in the show description. Alternatively, you can just contact us and we'll give you the invites to the Discord and or Malcolm, no problem. Now, music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Glitterati by Fox Morrow. Our break music is Up and Down by Toby Tranter. And our outro music is Sunset Dew by Lupus Nocte. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSounds.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we have a referral link for you that is provided in the show description. Will, how did that go? That was perfect. Wow. Spit like hot fire. It's almost like I had a script prepared. It's almost like you knew that you needed to do this, and therefore you had to get everything all written out. Nice little script you got there. Yeah, it was pretty good. I got a challenge for you. Do you want to watch the worst rated summer 2021 show? D-Side? Yeah. D-Side Trauma Ray, the animation. Okay, actually, before we leave, we should talk about certain shows that we will probably cover. I think D-Side, yep. the shittiness of it, we just have to find out, right? Yep. I think uh, I want to check out Nighthead 2041 because for some reason, the first ep- there's two episodes. Episode one was the second or third highest rated episode on Reddit that week. 
I need to know why. I need to watch Scarlet Nexus because it's Sunrise. And Sunrise is like very hit or miss. I think Sunrise is like they've done Cowboy Bebop and they've done yes, They've also done Cross Edge. So they're bound to have like, oh, they also did uh, Planets as well. I forgot. They did uh, Planets. So look, there's definitely shows that we're going to cover. We might not cover them immediately in the next episode, but throughout the season, you're going to hear us talk about a lot of good okay, shows, a there, lot of good anime. The one last thing that I would say of a, a summer anime show that I'm calling us out on right now is we need to watch Mother of the Goddesses dom- Dormitory because it just might be one of the worst shows of the season. And it is just going to be uncomfortable. Let me just put it this way, Will. There is a censored and uncensored version of this show. Oh, that's always a good time. You know what else has uncensored and censored? Domestic Girlfriend. Yeah, but unlike unlike Domestic Girlfriend, this looks like a shit show. You mean like Redo of Healer? Okay, not like... Not, not like not as, not, as not, not violent. This is going to be lewd as fuck. Oh, there's nothing violent about Redo of Healer. There's other things that make that show one of the worst things to ever Ugh. air on TV. I just like gagged in my mouth. Do you actually remember when I told you how like Redo of Healer got banned uh, in Germany? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the Blu-ray, Blu-ray DVD sales like skyrocketed in Germany. Oh god. Okay. Hey, yo, Germans, thank you for supporting the anime industry. You guys are great. And thank you for listening to the Good Anime Palette podcast. Uh, I think we are having Bits and Pieces episode three, n- uh, not this upcoming week. It'll but come the- up. It'll come out the week after this episode drops. Uh, yep. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, stuff would be out of date by then. But hey, if we're not going to release it as soon as possible, hey, whatever, man. Our word is gospel. You listen to it anyway. You can hear how much of an idiot we were. Whatever. Or, or how right we are. We're always right, even when we're wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. If this is wrong, I don't want to be right. Like, yeah? Yeah, wrap your brain around that. All right. Heard's done it. Anyways, thank you very much for listening to today's episode. We're going to crack on with more episodes, more new content throughout the rest of the season. Hey, who knows? We might be rolling out a new segment. We've already done uh, After Dark. We've done Bits and Pieces. Something else might come up. Don't drop this bomb on me. I don't even know about this. What? This, this is where we, we end on the cliffhanger, right? Cliffhanger ending. Bye. Bye. Bye.